Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. To quote the famous American baseball player Yogi Berra, it's like deja vu all over again. What is? Take your pick. Politics, healthcare, international relationships, interpersonal relationships, corporate goings-on, gender gaps, age gaps, financial situations, and on and on and on. We've been here before, and barring a miracle of grace, we'll be here again. What we need is a great big dose of peace. Is that even possible? Can we ever enjoy peace in our lifetime? Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is on the line. He's working from his car right now. He has to be in a parking lot in Maryland so that he has good reception on his phone so he can talk to us because his office won't let him in until he has gone through quarantine because he traveled recently. And he has some thoughts from a recent editorial entitled Peace, Be Still. Lincoln, in your car, what do we need to know? Well, let me share. It's not particularly that I'm enamored with my own words. Uh, I usually use my own words, but uh, I want to follow them closely because I was able to say something that I intended in the time frame. It's entitled, Peace Be Still. Mm -hmm. And this is what I wrote. As these words key into the computer file, I see off to the side news updates on the latest deluge to hit the Gulf Coast. Deja vu was never so debilitating. Again, again. And are the still smoldering fires out west just the latest in an ever-accelerating burn-off of the world as we know it? We were warned of a second wave of COVID-19 infection and death, but way too many of us acted herd-like in thinking at a passing howl in the night we could ward off by clustering together in silence. Will there be a third wave before the magic potion appears, born to us on the same optimistic wings that took men to the moon, even as they decline us the closest light years of a limitless sky? But COVID-19 has cousins already hiving their way from the recesses released by climate change and global demographics. Will we continue to find antidotes or resort to garlic, and crucifixes. Deja vu once again. In my life, I once thought 1968 the year of chaos, confined by memory to a past left long behind. That was the year of civil rights fought for at risk of life, of mass demonstrations against an endless war made more toxic by the Tet Offensive of that year, of homegrown terrorism, of the assassination of two men, one a nation's conscience and the other its future. And it was the year of a chaotic political convention, rancor inside and police brutality on the streets. But I am undone by deja vu. We seem to be there again. Who could have imagined that more than a half century later, we would still be engaged in wars that have lasted half that interval? that one Cold War is replaced by at least three more with Russia, China and Iran, or that 
the civil rights movement once won, we should be facing off in the streets again, or that a Berlin Wall swept away by freedom should figuratively be erected on our border, behind which we wallow in the debris of a constitution. I know that in this issue of Liberty, for which this was written, it will come to many readers right at the intersection of a presidential election and inauguration. No matter, the chaos is a present constant, and no ballot festooned hero is capable of undoing the present reality by any snap of the executive fingers. It might be that my life and the figures of speech are used in explaining the turmoil, evoke a certain scene from the New Testament of the Bible. Intended. For years, I had hanging in my office wall a limited edition line print of a storm at sea. The waves are towering mountains of compressed foam sliding into the deepest valleys. In the center of the frame is a figure leaning into the wind, spray drenching his garments. He is climbing a cresting wave and reaching toward a small, squall-squashed derelict of a fishing boat in which cower several men. It is the most realistic representation I have ever seen of the gospel account of Jesus walking through the storm and calming it for his awestruck disciples. In times of stress, I've studied this scene and almost felt the spray and heard the crash of angry waves and recognized the purpose in the Stormwalkers' outing. Several years ago, I was in Antigua, Guatemala for Easter week with my wife. The festive decorations in the streets included whole roadways overlaid with colored sawdust painted scenes, swept away in a moment by processions of costumed reenactors and phalanxes of men bearing aloft huge platforms with statuary of saints. But my wife and I were drawn along with tens of thousands in a moving flood of people to a local church. Getting closer, we were slowed to a jostle and an amoeba-like shuffle that took us slowly inside till at last we stood pinned to a barricade in the middle of a large church. In front of us was a huge diorama, brilliantly painted waves, wavered in sync with powerful sound effects of a storm. Above us, teetered and rocked a fishing boat with larger-than-life, clearly terrified sailors. And in front of us, reaching toward them, the man who could calm any storm. It was a powerful display. While the sound effects were loud, the huge crowd was almost silent. Villagers from the far mountains who may never have been on an ocean and office workers from the city who dream of a holiday at the beach all stood silently at the scene. And I remembered at that time my first visit to Guatemala at Christmas time and similar celebrations. But it was during a bitter guerrilla war and the daily appearance of dead bodies along the roadside. Somehow the storms in that country have subsided. Lately, I have rediscovered a book I read while working for some years back in my homeland of Australia. It was once in the library of a two-story publishing house I worked at there. 
I had heard that in the mid-1930s, a time of economic depression, the nearby stream flooded up to the second level of the library there. Many of the books, which opened years later, had a layer of fine brown silk, which would fall out as dust. The book, as I open it today, still carries the tale of that flood. It is a book I read and reread. It is called The Christ We Forget, and it was written in 1917, toward the end of the Great War, by P. Whitwell Wilson, a newspaper journalist and member of the British Parliament. I wish I could share it all here. A long-forgotten evangelist named J. Wilbur Chapman, a pupil of Dwight L. Moody, and who once held an evangelistic service attended by 1.5 million people, had this to say about the book. One of the greatest books I've ever read, he said. I will make do with quoting a few lines from the introduction. Before the war, wrote Wilson, many of us were making money. Others were busily earning it. Our school children were getting on nicely at school. Certainly, there were grave evils like drink and bitter social inequalities and rancorous political quarrels and reckless extravagances, which gave us uneasy twinges of conscience. But we drifted in tens, hundreds of thousands from public worship. We ceased to pray. Then, suddenly, we were brought face-to-face with facts which we had forgotten. One of those facts was death. Another was pain. Another was hatred. Another was national duty. Another was suspense. We learned that life is not a game, but a grim, heroic combat between good and evil. Hopes of a better dawn have encouraged us. We are sure that faith will return. Yes, but faith in what? Faith in whom? We must all long for the time when once more this same Jesus who died shall be known again among men, not as a crucifix merely or as a shadow, but in all his fullness of love, of power, of wisdom, of suffering, and of victory. The end of the quote. I am a Christian, and I quote these lines not to cut out any of our continuing defense of religious liberty for all. We must defend the right of all to believe or reject as their conscience leads. But I speak to those who remember that the society that some centuries ago became the United States of America was once rather uniformly Christian and indeed Protestant Christian. Of late, that nostalgia has become blurred in a very unseemly way with the desire to make America great again by reforming it into a Christian structure of government that is not only constitutionally misguided, but misses the way virtue touches the people, not by edict, but by example. It seems to me that our present distress has given us two dangers in this election. The first, if the mandate of the people has it for the continuation of the last four years, and I know reading this now, not, Mm -hmm. is an increased insistence by a religious coalition that America be Christianized by legislation and barring that by proclamation. The other hazard 
if there has been a change of administration, and there has, is joining the Papal Global Initiative to Save the Planet from Destruction. An admirable goal. But the plan is doctrinal at base and will require mandated worship on a holy day. Not a good day for continued religious freedom. The storm still rages. My, and I can praise God that that storm has a Christ in it, and that's what you're trying to tell us, right? There has to be an individual look to Christ and the conscience exercise toward the divine mandate, not something that some religious or political leader tells you you must do to worship God. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, thank you so much for your words today. Always good to share. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at the same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>